0: Welcome to Young at Heart Theater. This is Shane. Today's story is a Cherokee legend about how the Smoky Mountains came into being. How the Smoky Mountains were made. At a time that there was a great flood on the earth, Up in the skies, the animals had a problem, a population explosion. There were so many animals, they couldn't even walk without stepping on something or getting stepped on. The little animals had a terrible time every time the elephants and giraffes tried to walk. The frogs got tramped by the elephant and the insects flew into the camel's eyes and the animals began to say, Something has to be done. So the owl went up into the highest tree to announce that the next day there would be a meeting so they could hear everyone's ideas about how to find some more land before everyone got hurt and stepped on. At their meeting, they divided into four groups to put all their thoughts together and come up with a solution. After a time, Owl asked for reports from the groups, and the first group had an idea to present. They said, It's simple. There are too many of us. We must eliminate every tenth creature. Then there'll be plenty of room. At first, that seemed an interesting, even funny idea. So the animals got loud and began to count off. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And then it was the turn of the creature who would have to go. But wait, that animal's family said, No, we don't want to lose a relative. Count again. It became clear that the idea was just... Not as good as it seemed at first. Owl said, We must decide something that is fair to everyone. Hoo! The second group suggested that some animals just took up too much room. Since most animals ate two meals a day, they could just cut out the big meal and everyone would lose weight and that way everyone would have more space. Some heads nodded, yes, they were the thin animals who didn't really like to eat much anyway. But more heads shook and said, no, they were the large animals who really, really liked to eat. There were more big animals than little ones, and the big animals won. Forget it, forget it, said Owl and they went back to planning. Some of the animals remembered an old story about a flood that came in order to make space for new life on a place called Earth. We could try and find this Earth and see if the old stories are true. The animals knew that they learned much from remembering the old stories. Several of the animals did seem to remember an old story about a flood on the Earth and they thought that perhaps this could be the solution to their overcrowding. Some of the old animals felt sad and said, Maybe we don't want to go. That's okay, said one of the young bears. We young ones can go and make new homes. You won't be forced to go. You could have all the room you need, and we could go find a new home. A dozen or more of the very young animals said they would be ready to go, and they rushed outside, all excited, talking and talking at once. Does anyone know where Earth is? No, no one did. The sheep said, what shall we do? How shall we go? There was nothing to do but to go back and ask for directions. But no one knew for sure where this place they called Earth was. Owls said, who is willing to fly out far toward where the earth may be? Who, who, who will go? The little insect said, we can fly quickly and far toward the earth. We will surely find it for all of you. This was their chance to do something important for the other animals. Out the window flew half a dozen proud little insects but after a little time, it sounded like little grains of sand were hitting the floor of the council house. It was the tired little grumbling insect saying, "Oh, thought of that ridiculous idea? We can't find the earth. No one can. And they flopped down exhausted to rest. The small birds stepped up and said, We knew the insects would have to go first, but let us go now. We can fly fast and strong, and we will go. It wasn't even an hour before the animals heard a whomp on the wall of the council house. Some very tired little birds fell into the room saying, This is foolish. There's nothing out there. Don't even think about it! And they fell on the floor exhausted. Some bigger birds were just as determined that they could go, but alas, they met the same fate. Now, I said at the beginning that all the animals were represented at the meeting, but that wasn't completely true. There was one animal who didn't come to the meeting because the other animals were mean to him. They didn't like him, and he knew it. They didn't like his clothes. They didn't like his looks. They didn't like what he did for a living. He was the vulture, who is also called a buzzard, and he'd waited outside the meeting so that the other animals wouldn't scoff and laugh at him. After several search parties had tried and failed and became discouraged, he stepped to the door of the council house. "'May I come in?' he said. "'Of course, Mr. Buzzard,' said the owl. "'Everyone may have his say.' This is a serious problem for all of us. Mutterings were heard around the room. What is he doing here? What does he know? Who let him in? Quiet, said the owl. Let Mr. Buzzard speak. I, too, have heard the story told by our grandparents of the Earth. In a great flood, said the vulture, I too understand that we must find new land. Do you remember that when the Great One made me, he made me different from other birds? He made me with two sets of muscles and feathers in my wings, one set of large muscles and feathers to gain altitude and speed. One set of small muscles and feathers to help me glide many miles with my large muscles resting. That allows me to go far, far, farther than most of you. Well, the other animals could not argue with that. The wild cat said gruffly, well, When will you go, buzzard? The tone of his voice showed that he did not expect an animal like the vulture would actually do much that is good. The vulture said, You are in too much haste. You will have to trust me to go when I feel it is right. A mumbling was heard among the animals, but they did not have much choice but to go along with him. They knew the vulture was used to waiting, waiting for death to come to other animals. Owl said, We will all come together to see Buzzard when he leaves for his journey. Everyone will watch for a signal from the council grounds. The next morning came and went by, but no vulture. The animals said, We knew it. He'll never go. People like that never do what they say. They fussed about the vulture as they always had. Two days went by. Four days went by. The animal said, What did I tell you? Ha! He's not going. On the seventh morning, all the crowded animals looked towards the council house, and they saw a sign. Vulture was ready to fly. Let's go see what excuse he'll come up with, said some. They didn't want to believe that he would do what they could not do. The animals gathered at the council house, and lo and behold, Vulture said, Friend animals, I am prepared to go. I think I'll be back a little before sundown. I think it's the right time to find land. But if I should not return, promise me, You'll help my wife and babies. Sure we will, they said, but they didn't sound sincere, and Buzzard knew he'd better make it back with some proof that he'd found land. He flew in the direction he remembered the old ones saying there was land. He used his big muscles to fly far, and he used his smaller muscles to glide so that the big muscles could rest. He glided lower and lower toward the earth. Soon, he could smell mud. As soon as he smelled the mud, he flew up so he wouldn't get caught in it. But then he thought, I'd better not go back without some proof, or they'll be really upset. So he carefully went back down to get a bit of mud to show. But he wasn't quite careful enough, and as he tried to get back up, his wings caught in the mud. He pulled and jerked and flapped his big wings trying to get out of the mud. The mud was very deep and sticky, and the vulture had to flap his wings up and down, up and down, up and down to regain the altitude he needed to get back to the animals. When he finally got up and out of this clinging mud, he was no longer all black. Now he was covered with drying brown mud, too. He flew back covered with mud and holding two big claws full of wonderful dried land to show the animals. Well before sundown, the animals saw an unusual sight at the council house. They didn't recognize the old buzzard and he kept his mouth shut until they all gathered around him. Then the lowliest of the animals told them where to find the earth. He flew away having done his very best, but before he was far away, he looked back toward the earth and saw what he had done. He saw the beaten valley's and the piled up mountains he'd made from the mud. He had made the great smoky mountains, which were later peopled by the Cherokee, who learned to respect all the animals, especially the vulture. This is Shane with Young at Heart Stories, music from zapsplash.com. I'm here to remind the old Young at Heart people to please give a donation if they can on our home site at Anchor Podcasts. Be well, my friends. See you next week.